This is a download from MFR. The Ross County Fan Zone on MFR with Ian Ald. Welcome to the Ross County Fan Zone on MFR. On this week's show, we'll look back at a mixed week. The first SPFL Premiership win for County over St Mirren last Saturday, but League Cup defeat to Stranraer on Tuesday brought everyone back down to earth. We'll look ahead to this weekend's trip to Hibernian and also select our left-back number three for our Ross County Dream Team in the company. Of two Ross County supporters, John Maxwell, and back from injury, Scott Taylor. <laughs> I've just about recovered, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, nasty cold, which seems to be doing the rounds. So. It's good It's good to yeah. see you back to, to full Thanks. health and back on the team sheet. Uh, Scott, John, we missed him last week, didn't we? No, not really. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> I thought we did okay. You... Yeah, well, yeah, aye. Oh, right, well, I'll, I'll just have to pull Well, out. this is awkward. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool performance today, then I'm going to keep Yeah, pull your socks going. up, Scott. Right. Uh, guys, we'll start with um, the win over St Mirren last weekend. We'll start on a positive, not necessarily going to, to end with it, of course, but uh, great to see the season started. We did say the season starts against St Mirren. And, uh, I think it starts next week. Well, yeah, it starts again, <laughs> resumes again. Um, John, happy enough with the, the win over St Mirren? It looked uh, fairly comfortable. It was very good, great performance. I was I was mightily impressed. Um, f- from St Mirren had a, had a good uh, bit of possession in the first couple of minutes, and the county were paid back, but they were they were county were totally comfortable covering uh, covering the the necessary areas in the pitch, and then um, they released. Ivan Sproul down the right wing, pushed the defence up, and they didn't they they didn't relent for another twenty minutes. The game was pretty much played in St Mirren's half. Kenty played a high line and just pressed really high, and it, it, in a sense, it was a it was a perfect storm of circumstances because, in, in term in a tactical sense, because. Um, St Mirren have got so many players playing out of position just now I don't know why Danny Lennon persists with playing McGowan as a deep line central midfielder and Goodwin at centre back and and McGregor at right back and McLean at left but Stuart Kettle and Rockwell Quinn just pushed really high up and they were allowed to do that because Richard Brin, Britt Britton played behind them and gave them a platform to build on they could press really high up without having to risk getting being played around behind because that's what happened against Partick Thistle where they didn't have a player behind them they had a, a spare centre back instead and it was they had the wrong player in the wrong position I think against Partick Thistle but against St Men they, they, they just looked a proper team and they pressed really high St Mirren couldn't th- threaten behind because they didn't have any pace between Harkins and Thompson, Thompson and it just worked um, they, they, they forced St Mirren into mistakes and it, even though it was 3-0 as opposed to 4-1 in January it was performance wise it was very similar to, to the game in January which as we all know kick started a tremendous run for Ross County uh, Scott you were in the, the East Stand had a great view of Stuart Kettlewell's first goal yeah it was a cracking finish I mean there was a I'm sure there's been a debate as to whether it was a foul kind of leading up to it but um, Kettlewell did well just to kind of carry on you know that's the trouble with a lot of players you see and I think there was a similar incident towards the end of the game where you know the the players are expecting the ref to blow the whistle for a foul and you just want them to just carry on as if nothing's happened and that's certainly what Kettlewell did and was an absolute cracker of a goal I think the jail end managed to see quite a few cracking finishes from outside the box 
uh, certainly this year. Um, you look at Ian Viger's goal against Celtic, um, you know, amongst others. Um, Richard Britton's against Celtic, and that was 2012, of course, though. Mm-hmm. Aye, but mm-hmm. yeah, um, a great finish, and obviously Richard Britton took his goals. Well, I think yep. you could see. I, th- I thought it was quite funny watching the footage on the television. You could see the camera that was in the St. Mirren, the away end, <laughs> starting to shake when uh, their goalkeeper saved the penalty. And then uh, as soon as Richard Britton taps it in, it's just falls flat. And <laughs> um, they were obviously disappointed. We're a big fan of Richard Britton on this uh, podcast, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, we, we always have so much praise for him, but once more delivers a, a really kind of heroic performance man of the match especially after the kind of couple of weeks he's had I don't like to talk about off-field kind of problems I like to talk about no. football but he's had a, he's had a, a really kind of tough week uh, a couple of weeks and he goes out there and, and delivers that sort of performance What I like about Richard Britton is that he leads by example mm. uh, I said that last season as well he, he's he, he's a perfect captain because he, he does his talking on the pitch and um, he, he always he very rarely misses a penalty. He always does what's expected of him. He filled in um, the, the deep, the, the holding position quite well. That's arguably strongest strongest position, um, and I think Kenty will do well to keep him there. I think I said last week that I quite like to see Mark Clock play, and I think he's another player just for that. And you could probably arguably release Britain a little bit further forward, but but. You couldn't complain if Britain plays there. I like the second goal, um, the goal from the corner kick, because ten minutes earlier um, there was a, a very similar corner, except Green Carey um, swung the ball in on top of the goalkeeper, and Britain had remonstrated with him, I think, because Gary Harkins might be keeping an eye on Britain, and he just totally switched off. And Britain charged towards the penalty box. Kerry swung it in without paying any attention to him. So Britain would have made sure that, that Kerry knew for the next time to pass it to him. And that's what happened. And twice in a row, Harkins totally switched off to Minnan's play. I'm not sure if it was the angle. You guys were there, obviously. You can tell me um, if I'm right or wrong. I'm not too sure if it was the angle of the the highlights reel, but it almost worked perfectly like... Um, the, the goal against Cali Thistle in the in the last derby, uh, the second last derby. It's very similar to you that. You know, Ian Vi- uh, Paul Lawson was standing there, pretty much not taking part in any of the play. Business, and and yeah. Richard Britton, I, I don't know how you'd, you'd miss someone like Richard Britton. I, I don't think, I don't. I think I think it was improvised as well. I don't think it was mm. something that they would have practiced. It was just, um, I think I think it's as basic as Brit- Gary Harkins continually switched off and didn't do his job correct, correctly. So so Britain took advantage of it. Um, and I, I think Cali Thistle were, were guil- guilty of sitting too deep mm-hmm. as well. I mean, the St Mirren fans were kind of on their county backs for taking their time with the corner. I think that's what you don't notice on the television. Uh-huh. Is they started booing and all of a sudden county take the quick corner and score from it. So it just goes to show you that, um, yeah, they were, they were obviously screaming, you know, that county for taking their time. But whether it was something that they'd planned on just to, to kind of delay the taking of the corner and then... As soon as they get to it, just could have been it. part of it, yeah, yeah. So I went over St. Mirren. <coughs> we have to talk about it. The, the defeat to Stranraer. Um, yeah, the other S word, uh, Stranraer. Um, County lost in the, the second round of the League Cup last year to to Wraith. Um, I think Derek played uh, a lot of kind of fringe players, made a lot of changes. Nine certainly. changes. Yeah, I remember. this team were unchanged from the win at the weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Worried, or I mean, does the League Cup not really? 
take much consideration it's, it's, from it's not that it's the league cap I think every cap, every cap competition you want to go and win and Derek had obviously talked over the summer about the success that St Mirren had in the competition mm-hmm. last year and you look at them they've obviously gone out to Queen of the South yep. there were a couple of shocks um, during the week so you look at you look at the Stranar game and you think well you know given the I know the distance down to Stranar and back up the road and a lot to be made of that um, well done to the eight fans that the <laughs> managed the Stranar eight that made it to the game fair play to them you know that's commitment for you but looking at obviously it was the same team that played against St Mirren whether mm-hmm. it's fatigue or even at this stage of the season you know a, a, a trek down to Stranar for a midweek game certainly if it had been the other way around and it had been a home game against Stranar um, yeah. I think it would have been quite different but I don't know how much you can actually read into the Stranraer result, given that you know the bad start to the season we've had with obviously three league losses. Um, that's probably going to have an effect on people's opinion of the game. But to be honest, I'm, I wouldn't read too much into it. I think it's obviously the Hibs game is more important. Yeah. But it's disappointing to go out of the cap. You mentioned St Mirren winning the, the League Cup last year as well. Kilmarnock obviously the year before. Is the League Cup now a kind of really a realistic trophy for a club like Ross County to win? Is that a bit disappointing? Depends how Celtic are doing, I suppose, in the Champions League. Because mm-hmm. you look at it last year. Oh, certainly the draw they got this year might. Uh, yeah, might I, didn't actually, I didn't actually get to see the draw, but um, I think last season I think Celtic um, it was the semi-finals they got knocked out, and I think they were kind of coming up. By Simbering, yeah. Yeah, they were coming up for the game against Juventus and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely gives teams outside of Celtic the opportunity, um, I think, to, to go on and win it. I mean, there's no European place set for grabs these days. There obviously still is down in England. You look at Swansea winning it last year, but it's, it's still it's a national competition. It's same the Challenge Cup. We don't <laughs> never enjoyed getting knocked out of the Challenge Cup because that was a realistic opportunity for a team like County to, to go and win. You know, And obviously we've been to four finals in the space of... You know how many years it was about eight years, every couple of years, we were always getting to the final. That was if there's the challenge one, cup, those were the days. If, eh? if there's one thing that's disappointing about <laughs> playing in the well, the premiership now, it's that we don't have the challenge cup to try and uh, the McDermott Park for. November final, yeah. Although, yeah. obviously, the last one was in April, was, and they decided, yeah, they decided course, yeah, to switch it just yeah. because they were hoping for good weather, which I think they've had actually the last kind of couple of years since we were down. But, I know it's what it is, eh? Challenge Cup back <laughs> in the day. Uh, Hibs, as you said, Scott, next up on, on Saturday. Um, both clubs have had a kind of really kind of slow start to the season. Hibs had a good win against Kilmarnock <laughs> recently as well. They've they've added well in the summer. Um again you could probably say that they'll take time to gel. Uh, really like Liam Craig. A great sign from mm-hmm. uh, signing from uh, St Johnston. Owen Turner Jones is coming as well. They've they've captured uh, Kevin Thompson on a permanent basis and, and the strike force of James Collins and and Ruben Vine might eventually pay off as well. Yeah, um, I, I, I would. Um, I'm, I'm quite optimistic about Saturday though. Um, th- they've got a decent squad, Hibs. They don't have a great squad. Um, I, I think that I think that Pat Fenlon has had some balancing issues. I think he's got too many similar midfielders. I do like Liam Craig. Mm-hmm. A very good midfielder. If he plays in the left flank, he cuts in and shoots. He's got one of the best long range shots and in. in in the business 
Um, but they they do have too many similar centralish midfielders. They they don't have anyone to really make the long bursting run into into the box like what Stuart Kettle was so good at and Jimmy Scott was before. And that, and uh, uh, people say, well, Jimmy Scott was never a great signing for his. But I I saw the rationale behind it because they never really had anyone to do that. It, it never worked for him, obviously. But um, to be honest, between you and me and everyone else, um, I, I don't rate Pat Fenland much. He's too much of a four four two manager um if if he if he plays Roman vine on the flank and he plays one up front and he and he matches county toe to toe numbers wise then i think it'll be a more even game but if he goes 442 like st Mirren did and plays Roman vine close close to collins up front like what um happened with um Harkins closer to Thompson then Kenny will outnumber the midfield Britain Britain will be the spare man in midfield he'll just dictate the play he'll shore things up in front of the box he'll ensure that Craig can't shoot from long range uh, from, from 20 yards centrally and uh, I can see Ross County controlling the midfield that way so uh, I think the onus is really on Pat Fenlon to, to, to try and mix things up I'll not hear a bad word against Pat Fenlon <laughs> great Hibs manager back to back cup final defeats 7-0 in Europe what a great manager he was he is uh, Scott um, when you look back at the games last season between the two Ross County dominated uh, Hibs uh, I'm, I'm not too sure if you can read into that just how poor the Hibs side have been over the last couple of seasons probably mm-hmm. unfair on Ross County because the, the game at Easter Road as well on Boxing Day yeah, um, you know that it was, was kind of an even contest the, 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 the header from Richard Britton a rarity these days that kind of edged at the contest but Ross County thoroughly deserved um, the plaudits against Hibs certainly last season Yeah I, I never actually saw Hibs last season the two home games I missed for mm-hmm. various reasons Probably. You didn't miss much Well <laughs> I think the first one the 3-2 was I think that was the first one at home If I remember uh, Colin McMenamin Colin got a late McMenamin, winner yeah. Yep that's right yeah. The days of Colin McMenamin That's oh, what a days. And Ross Tolkley uh, right back Ross Tolkley as well Yeah Um I think on on paper Hibs and Hibs and St Mirren I think are, you know on paper yeah they should be doing better than they are whether it's the manager you know um, whether he's to blame or whether it's just they're not getting the rub of the green they were you know to get a, get a win against Kilmarnock I don't think Kilmarnock any great shakes but then you know they weren't they kind of couldn't get a win against them last season mm-hmm. but I think that now that they've got that first win. Um, they'll be looking to you know carry on forward from that, but to be honest, I just you know I've got my optimistic hat on and just I can't see anything other than the county win against. Hibs have been rotten at home as well. They mm-hmm. they struggle at Easter Road. They yeah. have done for the last couple of years now, and everyone says that they've got they've got a great kind of uh, backing. They do, but the crowds have been dwindling there as well. It is quite a. I think when when you're when Hibs are losing, it can be quite a daunting place for the home side to play at. So. There is definitely something there to be gained uh, from a Ross County point of view. Well, well Ross County are unbeaten in, in their history against Hibs. Mm-hmm. Um, last season and in the cup ties, they've won four and drawn one. Mm-hmm. And w- every time I think Hibs have played a 4-4-2 formation, I'm going back to the tactics, <laughs> but, but, but but Adams has got the upper hand on the Hibs managers because he just outnumbers the midfield and they, and, and, they, and they build the match from there. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Ross County are unbeaten against them for that reason. Yeah, I'd say the, I think the Hibs result against Kilmarnock was a mere blip on an otherwise uninterrupted downward trajectory. Spot the reference. <laughs> uh, both optimistic then. Um, a score prediction from you both? 
2-0 Ross County? 3-1. I think the, the goals we conceded against Renard make me slightly worried that we haven't learnt our lessons yet. But I think Boyle will come back. And I think that'll make a difference. Did you see 3-1 Ross County? Three, a Lacassin or Mustafi hat trick who's scoring the goals? Probably Britain again. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I got a goal, goal from goal from Britain, a goal from Carey, and a goal from Luckerson. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, he deserved d- deserved one last week by all accounts. Yeah, the good turn um, yeah. in the first half. Um, so which some, just some kind of score just yeah. went over the over the crossbar, but in the second half, I think he was one one, well, slightly one on one. He'd been better playing the ball across the goal to I think was it Sproul yeah, he looked as if he was really tiring it was Kethwell and Sproul that were in together well, yeah. yeah so he's obviously decided to hook him after that before we choose our left back for a dream team just quickly mention the transfer market as well Derek <laughs> said today that um, he hopes to try and he hoped to bring in one new player before the window closes on Saturday he doesn't think that's uh, achievable now there's a, still a few kind of irons in the fire Interesting today, Michael Gardine um, said that he, uh, Dundee United have said that he could be released mm-hmm. on loan. Would he be someone that uh, you'd welcome back mm-hmm. with open arms? The smiles yeah. on your face yeah, suggest that's a yes. I've, I've said all summer in various online outlets that Ross County have needed a number 10 in their squad as a different option to break mm-hmm. break, break down defences when... Uh, and, and he fits the bill perfectly and Derek Adams knows exactly the type of player he's getting off the off the field and on, on the pitch um, I I can't see why it wouldn't work even if it's just for six months I think that's yeah. what we're talking about It's I think it would be a, a good I say investment by County bringing him back top marks to the jail ender as well on Twitter who pretty much asked him outright if he was coming <laughs> back and Michael Garden as you can imagine on Twitter was uh, Quite uh, reluctant to uh, to disclose that information, but um, you know I'm sure most of the Ross County fans you are obviously representing them on this podcast. But uh, I think you speak for all of the Ross County fans; they'd love to see Michael Gardine back with open arms. You'd welcome him back in. I'd give him a big hug. <laughs> if we get him on the show, I'll give him a big hug. There we go. <laughs> get him on the show. We'll get him on the show, and uh, Scott, you can <laughs> open your arms and embrace Mister Gardine. Yeah. We'd see this year, we're going to get him in. No, oh, I. <laughs> he hasn't signed yet. I yeah, know. Still, we'll just get him in anyway. <laughs> when he comes up well, with Dundee United, he ends up well, a moment. He's not getting a game just now, so uh, yeah, I'm uh, sure he's got plenty of spare time. Come up, there's a cuddle in it for you, Michael. Um, at uh, our dream team now, we obviously have selected a goalkeeper, Tony Bullock, so we're number one. And number two, myself and John uh, have gone with Chris Simmerville from last week as well. He's a right back. We're looking for a left back. Um, a short list from you guys, or are you. Do you have a, a nailed-on number three? Well, I kind of had a short list of two, but then I was reminded by someone at work today about um, Lionel Zaddy. And <laughs> any, anyone who dares um, criticise me for mentioning his name in a all-time county 11 will get a clip round the year. <laughs> I mean, he was there for a year, but um, I think he scored one goal. He was, I, a, he was I, a cult I, hero, I, wasn't he? I thought, was... I thought he was a genius on the ball. You know, a lot of people were raving about economy yeah. last season, but for me, I thought uh, Lionel Zaddy was fantastic. When he, when he wasn't being a bomb scare, though. <laughs> it's interesting yeah. because every week Lionel Dejebi Zaddy comes up on the Cali Thistle uh, podcast, another player who represented both Highland yeah. clubs, obviously didn't have as, as, as good a spell as he did uh, yeah, in Marissa, Ding- as Dingwall, Dingwall but yeah. I think he definitely had a better spell yeah. across the bridge um, at Victoria Park. But... Uh, 
Yeah, I think cult hero. I think we'll we'll, we'll put him in that bracket. Perhaps not number three. Yeah. Um, in terms of the shortlist, the the other two I could think of was Dave Mackay and Hugh the Hammer Robertson. <laughs> Didn't actually realise that was his nickname until I went onto YouTube to see the footage of him playing for Hartlepool. Oh, there's some yeah. some there's, there's some there's great a, strikes in YouTube. There's a brilliant video. Um, I think to the to the tune of I, if I had a hammer, a few Robertsons, some of his goals for Hartlepool and oh, just out of this world. I think it was the one where the free kick, the referee hadn't blown, so he took the free kick, you know, keeper's top right hand side. He was made to take it again, did um, so. and did exactly oh, the same the thing. Yeah. When 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 Hugh Robertson hit a ball, it stayed hit, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, the, Honourable mention again for Mark McCulloch, he never got the right back slot. <laughs> <laughs> and and maybe for Evangelos Economy for, for six months of, of sheer class, but I think six months is too short a stay. That's why I wouldn't go for Jebby Zaddy either. Yeah, there's been a, there has been a lot of um, mentions for Big Evo. Another one would be for Scotty Moe. Scott Morrison, yep, who's, he's put, he's come up on play, as well. who's playing for Phoenix in Arizona, I think, mm-hmm. just now. Um, and is it Phoenix? It's certainly in Arizona, a club in Arizona that he's playing for in the tier below the, the MLS, I think. But um, I, I remember one game against Cali Thistle, and we always define ourselves against yeah. Cali Thistle on this podcast, <laughs> I think, yeah. um, for better or worse. But did he, it was it was a November 2011 fixture with Ross County 1-2-1, and um, he... He was terrific that game, getting forward. He got to the byline, flashed some amazing deliveries across across um, Ryan Essen, and he he inadvertently set up the first goal, I think, because he had a free kick from about 35 yards out. I didn't think he'd hit it. Cannoned it off the crossbar. The crossbar was still shaking by the time that Scott Boyd bundled the, the ball home because the ball went just straight up in the air, and by the time it came back down, Boyd managed to nod it over the line. Um, that, that I think that was one of the best Ross County performances the first half hour and talking to Michael Garding, that was I think that was his very best game for Ross County Looking at uh, the suggestions on Twitter yeah pretty much going with uh, Hugh Robertson Albert Allen um, I think we're, he was before was the SFL pre- era so SFL. We'll, we'll, we'll not uh, count him in this uh, left back uh, uh, short list uh, Richard Hastings, Ross Brown on Twitter Internationalist mm, as well. I can tell you that the Cali Thistle uh, fans they've they've thrown him out, so he's available. Unlike the week before yeah. when they chucked away Ross Tokley, you wouldn't that's have him that, in your team. But that's still go for Shag. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Shag Robertson. Yeah. I think the yeah the only thing that uh, I think disappointed me was his second spell. He, he was very injury prone at that time as well, and, uh, and a, I mean, a player that perhaps Scott Leach could have you know used on a more regular basis, but unfortunately, just yeah, well, injuries. he ended up playing Kevin McKinley, and <laughs> that's. That spot uh, when Robertson was injured, I think that says it all about Scott Leach, <laughs> to well, be honest. Well, McKinley is a regular left back for Stenhouse Muir now, uh, but but uh, but but he just, just he had a single worst performance uh, that I've seen uh, for of a defender at Victoria Park when uh, County beat Stenhouse Muir. I think it was seven nil in the Scottish Cup a couple Scottish of years Cup, ago. Yeah. Give McKinley, oh my word, what a bad defender he was that day. Where is Scott Leach these days as well? Mm. I couldn't tell you. I think he's you know one of the coaches that is he, is he, he, he was at, or, he was at he Aberdeen, went, wasn't he? He did go up at, uh, to Aberdeen as Mark McGee's number two. Mm. That was the last I heard of him. Yeah, I know his his son is playing for Motherwell's under twenties, maybe perhaps. But 
Mm. Hope he doesn't have the Mark Hately as his advisor as well. <laughs> <laughs> You'd imagine all that a, a club is crying out for a manager like Scott Leach yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Perhaps not. There's this, there's a niche in the market country <laughs> <laughs> or this region. Um, yeah. So pretty much adamant that. Uh, Shug yep. is our number yeah, three. It's got to be. Yeah, good choice. And I'll try and track down that video as well and, and post yeah. it on Twitter. It's Hugh Robertson, football legend. <laughs> football legend. Yeah. On that, YouTube, yeah. The legend of the whole of football. He's got a couple of crackers as well, if I remember, for Ross County. Oh, he certainly did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there we have it, a left back. So our back four will be complete next week. We'll have a look at uh, a couple of centre halves as well. Lots of suggestions. Um, even the current guys as well might get a, yeah, a mention. Yeah, a decent shout. Atlee Gregerson. <laughs> <laughs> he never played at centre back for Ross County. The only time he got was was up front for about two minutes against Sunday United. Or Darren McCormack, he could do a job there as well. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of centre halves. There's a couple of legends uh, at the club that we can choose to form our back four. But it's looking pretty good at the moment with uh, Chris Somerville uh, one side, Shug. Robertson the other and Tony Bullock in goals that's it from us here on the Ross County fans on an MFR uh, we'll be back next week to mull over the Hibernian game pick our centre halves as well uh, no game next weekend as well with the international break but we'll we'll see you next week on behalf of John Scott and myself bye cheerio <laughs> see you later the Ross County fan zone on MFR with Ian Ald. Listen again online at mfr.co.uk slash rosscounty. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Get more from the North's number one radio station at mfr.co.uk.